Amen. The love of God. Each week I've told you that this series of the real God, us trying to get to know God uh, from a biblical viewpoint. I've said each time, or most each time, that trying to describe God is, is, is a task that's impossible. There's no way we can completely describe God, especially not in eight weeks uh, of this series. So we're hoping this kind of just, just whets your appetite, that you continue to dig and get to know him better and better. Uh, in fact, I've said getting, you know, trying to describe God is kind of like trying to put the entire ocean into a teacup. And today we're ta- talking about the love of God. And, and um, <clears throat> you know, last week I said that, that um, it was one of the hardest ones to try to get everyone to understand. This week there's so much stuff about the love of God that we can say because it's so vast that we've got so much material before us that it's, it, it, it's kind of hard to choose what to say, what not to say. So trying to describe the love of God is like trying to put the ocean into a thimble. It's even harder than just trying to say, who is God? We're going to take a shot at it. I know some of you have already began looking at this subject in your Sunday school lesson. Some of you have not yet um, thought about it. We've sung about it. In your bulletin, there's a some notes, so we're going to follow these pretty close today, and just on the front page, <clears throat> it tells us just some, some facts about love, just love itself. Fact number one is that um, it is a universal need, a universal need. Everyone is looking for love. Everyone needs love. The moment even that you were born, you came out looking for someone to embrace you, to touch you, to nurture you. You, you needed and wanted love, and we've, we've wanted it and needed it ever since then. No matter how big and tough and rough you think you are and how macho you are, you need love, and, and, and uh, you, you can't um, convince me otherwise. We all have that universal need. And fact number two is that there is a universal solution because God loves all people everywhere and longs to meet the deepest needs of every heart that they have for love. You know, they said that in, inside of us there's a, a, a God-sized hole that only God can fill. And, and we, we have this need that we, we need to be loved, we need to feel loved, and God loves each of you. Even if you feel love from no one here on earth, rest assured there is someone who loves you. That the God that created you, the God that spoke the world into existence, he deeply and passionately loves you. The Bible says that he sings over, over us, that he watches over us, that he cares for us. And yes, he loves us passionately. Fact number three is that there is a tragic disconnection. Even though uh, God loves us, there's many people still starve for that love. And they've never experienced that love. And they still are multitudes who feel unloved and unwanted, uncared for. And, and some of those reasons are is that some people just really do not know that God loves them. Now, there's actually people who do not understand and they have never heard that God loves them. And so that's, uh, that's the, the first thing I want you to understand and to, 
to take home today is that God deeply loves you. Listen, I've said before that there's no God like our God. Amen? In fact, there is really no God other than our God. And listen, no one knows you like God knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows everything that you think you've hid from everyone else. He knows about you. And not only does no one know you like God knows you, no one loves you like God loves you. He loves you more than anyone on earth could possibly ever love you. Another reason why people still uh, do not feel loved and that may, maybe they know about God's love, but they've never received it. They've never surrendered their life to it. You've heard me say before that God's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. You know, he wants you to receive him. He has love to give you, and it's here as a free gift, but he's not going to force himself on you. He's a gentleman, and he, he's going to say, here it is. He wants you to receive that love. Then third reason is that they have received God's love, but just simply, people, some people don't know how to experience his love in a daily walk. There's many people who they surrendered their life to, to Christ and they've, they, they, they've said, I, I, I want to experience your love, I accept your love. Then on an everyday walk through life, just the troubles of life begin to beat them down. And they've not learned how to walk daily with their Savior. They've not learned to, to grow closer. And the Bible says that we should grow close to Him and be transformed through His very image. From glory to glory, we should continually be in a growing, progressing relationship with the Savior. And when we're not, we feel a disconnect. Not that he's quit loving us, but that we've quit connecting to him. Look at the scripture in 1 John 3, 1. It says, How great is the love of the Father! That he's lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. You, you get that? A great love the Father has that he's lavished on you and he's adopted you into his very family and you can be called children of God. Now how amazing is that? To just stop and think about that you and I, no matter if you're what type of relationship you have with your earthly parents that may be great, maybe it's not great, I, I don't know. But I do know that we have a Heavenly Father who lavishes you with love and wants you to be His child. Now, and each week I've told you that there's so much stuff uh, that, that we're giving you in these notes that we can't possibly cover all of them. So the, the, on the inside, there's a whole page that we're not really going to have a chance to look at. So I, I trust that you... Um, as it stirs a hunger for you that you'll take it and you'll look it up these the scriptures up and you'll um, kind of in your quiet time get to know him better I do want us to fill in the blanks here the ways that God has revealed himself his love to us one of them is through creation Yes, through creation. And here when we talk about creation, we're not just talking about the mountains that we see, 
the rivers we see, the trees and the beauty and the flowers and the animals. And yes, that, that part of creation is wonderful. And yes, it testifies of his glory. And yes, it testifies of him as we look into the, the sky and see the, the galaxies. But the, the specific creation I'm speaking about is you and myself. Yes, he created us. The Bible says in the very beginning he created male and female, and then he breathed life into him. You have the very breath of God inside of you. So he made you for himself. You're his. You're his creation, and he loves you. And we all care about things that we've created. <clears throat> we... Um, a few years ago, I don't know, four, five, something, uh, Brother Doug helped me make a, a bed uh, out of some old wooden doors. And, uh, you know, I say help me, he did most of the work himself, but I just take credit for it, okay? Uh, and, and so th that bed is very special, and, 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 and we, we, I saw a bed frame whenever we went to... Uh, an arts and crafts show. It was really cool. There's one that, you know, has a lock on it. You can unlock it, and the, the, the bedpost pulls out, and you, you can hide your gun in there. I thought, man, I, I want that. My wife said, uh-uh, no. You're not getting rid of that bed. That, that bed that we have is special. You're not getting rid of it. So I had to find some other little, you know, piece of furniture to... See, the thing is that that bed is something that is special to us because, you know, we made it. So it's special. And anytime you, you create something, you come up with an idea and you create it, 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 it's that much more special. And that's God's, hey, hey, you are God's ideal. He created you, and then he breathed life into you, and you're special to him. Not only that, but also... In your notes, the providence of God. Because he shows his kindness to you. Not only did he create you, but the Bible says that he, he, he keeps life going for you. That he sustains you. That he protects you. He watches over you. He cares for you. You know right now, the oxygen content that we have, it, it, it's, it's of a certain mixture of, of gases. And if that content was off just a little bit, we wouldn't be able to breathe. You know, right now, that if, if we just came a little bit closer to the sun, we, we wouldn't survive. If we got a little bit further away from the sun, the earth, we wouldn't survive. But God, he, he keeps all of that in control because he cares for you, because he loves you, because you're special to him. But perhaps one of my favorite ones is the third one here, the incarnation. He's proactively pursuing you. This, this word incarnation, it means in the flesh. After church, you go to El Mariachi and you get a chili con carne. That's chili with beef. Chili with meat. It's a, a incarnation. In the flesh. God, the Bible says that God uh, came to us in the flesh. He incarnated himself he came to us in the flesh he wrapped himself in flesh and came to this earth and he began to to pursue you 
Because it's impossible for you and I to ever work to him to be good enough to, to achieve that. So he said, I'm going to them. Came to us in the form of a babe. He died on a cross for us in pursuit of you. Came to seek and save that which was lost. One that none of us enjoy, but I'm thankful for is his discipline. He shows his love because he disciplines us. He chastens us to protect us from self-destructive behavior. If you belong to him, if you're his child, he disciplines you. That I'm, I, I, although I, I don't necessarily enjoy the discipline of the Father, I'm thankful for it because it does keep me out of trouble. It does keep me in line. And it also reminds me that I belong to him. My dad used to say, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't spank the neighbor's kids. In other words, he doesn't spank the devil's kids. He spanks his own kids. And that's true. I'm thankful for his discipline. Another wonderful one, one that just blows my mind is his, his indwelling. He supernaturally pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. The indwelling. The Bible says that whenever we are born again, born from above, that from above he sends his spirit to live inside of us. Now that's a concept that just absolutely blows my mind. I can't understand how a holy God would live inside of us. And even on Wednesday nights, whenever we've had uh, several uh, young children come to faith in the last month on Wednesday nights. And, and, and as I, I've had the privilege of speaking to some of them, and, and one of them in particular, as I was speaking to a few weeks ago, she kept saying, so how does God live inside of you? I said, well, you know, it's his spirit. But how does God live inside of you? You know, it's just kind of overwhelming for her mind, and I'm like, honey, I understand it's overwhelming for, to my mind as well. God would live inside of us. His indwelling. Wow. And then, of course, probably the ultimate way that he shows his love to us is through his son, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. It demonstrates the nature of God's love for us. And it says here, Jesus models compassion grace and truth if you want to know what god is like you can just look at the son god in flesh and see as he models those things as he as he has compassion at the woman on the well as she, as he has compassion at the woman that, that people's casting stones at as he has compassion for the leopard and as he heals and as he loves we see the love of god in demonstration but not only that, but here, the, Jesus' teaching explains God's love. <clears throat> Notice this verse, Romans 5, 8, in, the, in, in your notes here for you. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners. 
Christ died for you. Does that not just do something for you? That while you're still, he didn't say, hey, you get your life cleaned up. And once you get your life cleaned up and once you deserve it, I'll die for you. I mean, I want to make sure that your life is worth me dying for after all. Is that what he, no. He said, even though you were still, even though he knew you were sinners, even though he looked down through history and he saw what Clayton Sheets was going to be, what he's going to do, what he's going to say, the way he's going to act, he saw that, but he loved me enough that he still died for me anyway. Wow. This amazes me. He looked down through history and he saw that Judas was going to betray him. Yeah, he still is willing to come to earth for Judas. He is still willing to take the shoes off and wash his enemy's feet. You know, you really don't know love until you're able to forgive and love your Judas. And, and I know you all feel like right now you're, you're thinking of someone, aren't you? Don't point at them. But I know you're thinking of someone who's a thorn in the flesh, who's a Judas to you, perhaps. And you really will understand the love of God, you begin to love, understand the love of God when you're able to forgive and love your Judas. You think about that. His teachings and his actions explains God's love. But not only that, but Jesus' death proved, here in your notes, the extent of God's love. Jesus' death proved how far God's love would go to pursue you. How far God's love would go to pursue you. He gave his life. He died on a cross and was tortured because he loved you. I mean, he left heaven. He came to earth. Why don't you watch this real quick? Have you ever loved something with all of your heart? Of all of your treasures, it's your most favorite thing. Just thinking about it makes you smile. In fact, you love it so much, you can't imagine ever losing it. Come on, Cody. Time to go. But what if somehow you did lose it? What if suddenly it was just gone? What would you do to get it back? How far would you be willing to go? Here's something you might not realize. You are someone's favorite treasure too. 
Did you know God loves you so much, He would do anything to find you if you were missing? The Bible tells us, in fact, that God sent His only Son, Jesus, to seek and save everyone who is lost. God is willing to go to any length, pay any price. He would do anything to find you. God's love always finds us. And that's the most important truth you will ever hear. You can always be sure that God is love. Not only does God does God love, our very nature, God is love. He himself, he's love. Here in your notes it says, an object's value is always determined by the price paid for it to God. You're the worth the price of his son's death in your place. He's been seeking and saving the lost. And he's been seeking you every since then. He's, the first week we talked about seeking God. And we ended by saying that he is seeking you as well. And it's still the truth. He seeks you. He sent his son to seek you. He, he still seeks you for a relationship. He seeks you for fellowship. He seeks you for growth. So on the back of your notes, real quickly, three ways that we are supposed to respond or that we should respond to the love of God. Number one, we must receive it by faith in our hearts. You must receive it. Now, I'm not saying you have to understand it. I'm not saying you have to comprehend all of it, that, that you have to um, be able to articulate it. I'm just saying that you have to receive it. You have to say, yes, I will receive it. If I pulled out a $100 bill and I was to give it to Forrest, first of all, Forrest better check to make sure it's not counterfeit. <laughs> Coming from me, right? I don't have a $100 bill to give him. But let's just suppose I did, and before it's his, he has to receive it. It's still mine until, you know, here, it, and knowing Forrest, he's going to receive it pretty quickly. Yeah. But it's not officially his until he receives it. And, and, and the love of God, it, it's there. It, it's, 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 it's a treasure from heaven. He says it's here, but you must receive it. 
So I'm encouraging you today to please receive the love that he has for you. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those who receive him, his free gift, he gives you the right or the power to become children of God. Well, that leads us to the next point. We must not only receive it, but really before you can receive it, you've got to believe it by faith in your, in your heart and your mind. You have to really believe it. You have to believe that he promises that nothing can ever, ever, ever separate you from his love. Nothing. Believe it. That there's no power. Nothing even created. That means you can't even separate yourself from the love of God. And finally, we must be willing to share it. Share it by faith through our choices and our decisions. 1 John 3, 18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. Now, there's a saying that I read as I come into the Sunday school class at our, our first church I was to pastor. It said, what you are doing speaks so loud I can't hear what you're saying. I thought, wow. What you're doing speaks so loudly I can't hear what you're saying. And I tell you, that, that, that little statement has stuck with me to this very day. So when we say we love and that we have the love of God, let us say it through our actions, through the way that we treat people, the way we speak to people, the way we serve people, the way... Because he says that as we do it to others, we're really doing it to him. So God has a deep love for us I pray that we receive it, that we believe it, that you're willing to share it with others. See, that's the reason this church exists, because we really do believe it. And we really do believe that God changed our lives. And we really do believe he can change your life as well. I mean, if you knew my dysfunctional childhood, how messed up my family was as, as kids. I could tell you some stories and you say, ah, oh, that's not true, but it is true. And the love of God changed me and my entire family. So I know when I say that he can dry up an alcoholic, I know, I've seen it. When I say he can cure a drug addict, I know, I've seen it. When I say... I know that he can take a little boy that was at eight years old on probation. I know because I've experienced it. 
And I know the love of God can change your life as well. If you just will receive it. And then once you do, you, I promise you're going to want to share it with others. Let's pray about it. Father, thank you for today. We love you and praise you. We worship you, God. We thank you that you love us passionately. That, Father, that you love us deeply. More than we can even ever explain or understand. Uh, Father, but we can experience it today. And, Father, if there's anyone here that's never experienced it, I pray that today, God, that they may come and allow you to just to pour your love upon them, that they too may experience love, the life-changing love of salvation, of being your child. And maybe there's others here that they've experienced that, but they've walked away from it, and they're not living in it, and they're not, uh, they're not experiencing it in their daily life. I pray that they may come and repent and just return to you, God that they may once again walk in that love. And Father, there's some here today that they've never, Father, they've never worked up the courage to be able to share it with others. I pray they may do so just in the way they live their life. Father, thank you. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.